it's going to be that kind of day. <laughs> Isn't it wonderful, though, that we can laugh and express joy? But God has just given us these, these things. And, yeah, who wins the Super Bowl may not really be all that important in the mass scheme of things. However, God does care about each and every one of us to those finest details. And we're grateful for his love. The Psalm of David. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my savior, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. I am saved from my enemies. Let's stand together, please. We're going to begin with a, a, a hymn that is, you understand what I mean, a Trinitarian hymn. It deals with each person of the Godhead and then the Godhead in total. But we're only doing the first two today, right now. We're going to save the other two for later. Today. Before the message. But right now we're just going to do the first two verses. Come thou almighty king. thoughts that we think, the words that we say, the words we sing, and Father, your word as we hear it, may it cause our hearts to stir and to respond to you with the worship of our lives. We want to give you the praise this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Well, good morning. Welcome to Anastasia Church, where every Sunday is Super Bowl Sunday. And I have, this morning, I have the privilege of uh, bringing a couple of MVPs up here on stage with us. So we have um, Miss Sonia Cutter, who has been playing the organ for many, many years. And uh, we are so thankful to have her. And uh, so that we come with a plaque for her that says, Love Anchors All. And then on the back, you can see the pe uh, people in the choir have written some nice thoughts to her. And so I'll just read you a couple. It says, A joy working with you. And thank you for sharing your gift. And this is consistent, so talented. Uh, Nancy, thank you for using your gift for God. 
That's from David Elder. And then Praising God for Your Gift of Music from Marsha Elder. And then, oh, I tried to read that one the last time. I couldn't read it. Never mind. <laughs> and this is Thanks for, for Sharing Your Talents. And so we really appreciate Nancy. And we'd just like to give her a big hand. That's Sonia, by the way. This one is from Miss Nancy, and it says the same. It says, love anchors all. And she's been here so long that she outdates this building right here. <laughs> she played music way down at the other end, but she's been officially on staff for 15 years. And so it says, um, your music adds so much to our worship, and... Thanks for being a blessing, and we love you. Thanks so much. Love your playing. Thank you for all your hours spent in music choir. And then, uh, and then it says, um, I love sharing music with you. Thanks so much from Marcia Elder. And then thanks so much for your ministry. Appreciate you from David Elder. So we want to give Miss Nancy a big hand. Thank you. Thank you all so much. I can take off now. No. So that's, um, we like to appreciate our staff and, and, and our volunteers. And, the, and we like to, when we have an anniversary, we're, we're trying to give them a plaque and just recognize them in front of the people that, that they worship with. Um, <clears throat> so with that, we have a few announcements. But, you know, if, if you're here, we'd love to connect with you. We have a, 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 a text line that you can connect to if you type connect connect to 904-416-900. You can leave a message for us and we will get back with you. Also, there's a tear-off in your bulletin. You can write on there. We write your prayer requests on there. And or, if you can't do any of those things, you can go to the welcome desk and someone will help you. If you're new here, they will give you a gift. And there's also a prayer card you can fill out at the welcome desk if you'd like to do that. With that, we have a few announcements. Um, we have a women's event coming up on February 25th. It's called Pray With Boldness. If you want to learn about this inspirational time and, and you'd like to sign up for that, there's, there are ladies are waiting for you out in the atrium. And then February 26th at 9 a.m. in the CLC, we have a child dedication. So if you have a child or a grandchild that's uh, a new family or, or um, that you would like to dedicate to the church, and the church would be glad to help you come along with raising your children, and then we have a congregational meeting that very same day, February 26th, um, at 4 p.m. We will go over the financials from uh, last year, and then we'll talk about some new and exciting things coming forward this year. Walter has a whole list. And then the last is if you are a um, middle school or high school student, which is probably not in here, but you may have some middle school or high school children or grandchildren, we have an impact weekend coming up March 3rd through 5th. It's a credible time of worship and teaching and fun, and you can sign up online or you can see in the atrium someone at the welcome desk. Thank you so much. Have a blessed day.
generation will detail your words to the nets. One generation will commend your works to another. And will proclaim your mighty acts. And they shall declare your mighty acts. Psalms 145, verse 4. Psalm 145, 4. Church, we are in an exciting time uh, in the life of our faith in our church, and uh, we are moving forward in our faith campaign. And just this past week, we laid the foundation for a new family uh, ministry building. And really the heart of this, this family ministry building is that we want to reach more generations for Christ that we as a church, we would declare the goodness of Christ uh, to generations to come, and we would share with them uh, the truth of the gospel. And so as a part of that, as we uh, had the foundation poured, uh, we asked multiple generations from our church family to come and to spray paint that verse on the foundation of our building really to echo that that's our prayer, that's our desire, that's our dream uh, for this building that we would reach for generations to come. Thank you, church. of February for the last couple years, uh, we've just encouraged you as a church to consider and to pray over how you might partner with us as we continue uh, with our faith campaign. We're in an exciting time as we've uh, started the foundation and poured the foundation, and you saw uh, many generations going and spray painting that verse, Psalms 145.4, which says, one generation will commend your works to another. And our prayer is that uh, our hope is not in this building, our hope is in the Lord Jesus but that this building would be a tool and a resource for us to declare and to share the goodness of the gospel for generations to come. And so as you came in, you, you, you may have received one of these uh, brochures that just invite you and to ask you to partner with us in prayer. And uh, I know for my family and, and, and me, we are uh, planning this month to contribute, to continue to contribute until we uh, finish this faith journey. And uh, it's been an incredible journey, right? <laughs> Uh, we are almost at $5.5 million in total raised for this faith campaign, which is give you guys a round of applause, and thank you for your generosity in that. Our goal is to be at $8 million before we uh, get into the building, and so we feel like that is a healthy place. So I encourage you, uh, don't give up, hang in there, continue to pray, and as you pray, if the Lord leads and compels you to give, we would, uh, we would greatly appreciate their support. But if anything else, just continue to pray that here at this church, we would keep the most important thing, that is the gospel, at the forefront and in sharing 
uh, that with the generations to come. Thank you, thank you so much for your support. Again, it's a, uh, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So let's hang in there, and we know that God's going to see unto a completion that which he has started. Amen? Amen. Thank you, church. Church, how are we feeling this morning? Are we awake? We're we ready to go? Hey, if you have your bulletins, if you grab them, if it's not, it's okay. But I just want to, I want to point out a couple things in your bulletin real quick. One, if you go to, there's an insert in there, this white piece of paper where the announcements are. If you ever want to know what's going on in life at the church, you can look at the announcements there. But the last page has our attendance there. And if you see there, the, the Anastasia Church totals, you'll see the number uh, 1,651 people in total attendance at Anastasia last weekend. Uh, can I just tell you how exciting it is and how much we appreciate your faithfulness? That is a number that we have not seen in a very, very long time. And I believe that's because of your faithfulness. I believe that's because you're inviting people to come to church uh, to be involved. And so uh, regardless of who wins the Super Bowl this afternoon, I wanted to share with you a win for God and his kingdom. Amen. And we know that it's not anything that we've done. It's what he is doing in this life of this church. But I wanted just to point that. The second thing that I want to point out to you is in your bulletin on the left-hand side is the list of uh, notes for the sermon there. And now, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit here in just a minute. But in the bottom part of that notes under the scriptures, it says four things the Holy Spirit adds to our life. See that? I want you to look down. There are five things. <laughs> I need to tell you that math was not my strong suit in college, okay? <laughs> and in fact, I had to take every remedial math class after. But here's what happened. I was getting excited about studying God's Word in the series that we're in, and I had four things I felt really good about. But then as I went back through the scriptures, there was a fifth thing that I needed to put in there. And I got so excited to put it in there that I forgot to adjust that first part. So if you need to mark it out and put five instead of four, now's your opportunity. Uh, but hey, we were going through this series called Lead Me to the Cross, and we've been walking through the last few chapters of the Gospel of John, and this is really the time leading up to Christ's crucifixion on the cross. And can I tell you, some of the most profound, powerful teachings that Jesus had were these last uh, few weeks and days leading up to his time being crucified. And 
so much so that some of the things that he talked about, he repeated a couple times prior to his crucifixion. And one of those being the coming of the Holy Spirit. If you were with us a few weeks ago, Pastor Ron gave us an, uh, just an incredible message as we were looking at that scripture just a few chapters back about the coming and the announcement of the Holy Spirit. And Pastor Ron talked about the gift of the coming Holy Spirit, which absolutely is the gift of the Holy Spirit is a gift like no other. As we went a little further along and we get into chapter 16, Jesus begins to give us a little bit more detail of what the Holy Spirit's role will be in our life, the attributes that it will add to our life. And so that's what we're going to focus on this morning. We're going to be in John chapter 16, uh, starting in verse 4. And so if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to open them, and if you can, please stand in the honor of the reading of God's Word. Chapter 16 of the Gospel of John, verse 4 says this, But I have said these things, Jesus speaking, but I have said these things to you, that when the hour comes, you may, remember, you may remember that I told them to you. I did not say these things from the beginning because I, I was with you. But now I am going to him who sent me. And none of you ask where you're going. But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment and concerning sin because they do not believe in me, concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer, concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Verse 12, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Verse 15. All that the Father has is mine, and therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. May God bless the reading of his words. You may be seated this morning. Five things, not four things, five things the Holy Spirit adds to our life. If you're taking notes, the first thing you can write down is divine help. <laughs> divine help. Jesus says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. You know, this verse in particular has been uh, the source of some confusion about understanding the Holy Spirit and its role. And, and as it is talked about here, some have kind of discerned that well, the Holy Spirit, when it comes, it will be better than Jesus. And that's not at all what Jesus is saying here. What Jesus is saying here is it is to our advantage that the Spirit comes. Not because the Spirit is better than Christ. It is because the Spirit is the presence of God the Father and Christ within us. Because the Spirit, uh, because of the Spirit, now we can walk in the Spirit and the power of God that we can have a connection, a direct connection to our Heavenly Father. See, Jesus went to the cross, he paid for our sins, he became our propitiation, he took our place on the cross, and because of what he did on the cross, and through faith, we can have salvation and are made righteous in the sight of God. Now because of that, now that we, as the scriptures say, the veil has been torn, so now that we have direct access to God. So Jesus is saying, when I leave, when I ascend, the work of the cross will be finished, 
And now, because of my work, I'm going to send the helper, and you can have divine access to the Father through the Holy Spirit. And that's what he's saying, that we can have divine help. And I don't know about you, but there are many times in my life daily that I need divine help. Anybody with me? (laughs) Anybody need divine help? And I think a part of Scripture is to show us those stories in Scripture, those people in Scripture throughout their life needed divine help and that they could rely on the one true God to supply it. I think as we look in Scripture, Moses, he needed divine help in leading the people out of Israel, right? Or out of Egypt. He needed to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt. And we saw that he needed divine help in parting the Red Sea. We saw David, he needed the strength, the divine strength to defeat Goliath and then one day be king. For Elijah, the strength to overcome the prophets of Baal. For Ruth, uh, to help finding a kinsman redeemer. For Peter and Paul, it was launching the, the New Testament church and making disciples. They needed divine help. Just like you and I in our lives need divine help to overcome our challenges, our circumstances, our obstacles in life. And what is beautiful about what Jesus is saying here is that no matter what happens in our life, no matter what we're going through, no matter where we are, we have access to divine help in our life through the Holy Spirit. You know, we live in a time and age where we are more connected than ever. If you need help or assistance, you can just pick up your cell phone and dial three short numbers and you can be connected in to help, right? I mean, we have some of the great first responders in our county and our community, right? We live in a a great time where we have access to help. Uh, There was a recent um, iPhone commercial that came out. The latest iPhone, Apple, uh, they advertised that uh, had uh, satellite phone capability. And what that meant was that you could be anywhere in the world, Technically, right? Anywhere in the world, and if you needed assistance, you could use your phone to connect to a satellite, then to connect to help. Uh, what they don't say is that you can be connected to help, but it doesn't always mean help is coming, right? <laughs> Depending on where you're in the world. But as we look at the scripture, what Jesus is saying is something very similar. No matter where you are in the world, no matter what you're going through, what challenges you face, you have access through the Holy Spirit to divine help. You have access to our Heavenly Father who is there for us at all times. In other words, you and I have divine help with us wherever we go. And uh, not only that, is divine help is available to us in all times, in the valleys, in the mountaintops, in good seasons and tough seasons, in difficult times and good times, we can lean in to divine help from our Heavenly Father through the Holy Spirit. So the first thing we saw is that the Holy Spirit adds to our life divine help. The second thing you can write down is righteous discernment. It says that, but if I go, I will send him to you, and when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. The Holy Spirit comes, and as he comes, he convicts the world of our brokenness, of our sin, of our need for a Savior and a life. But he also convicts us of what things are righteous and are pleasing before the sight of God. The Spirit of God comes to the world helping us discern what is righteous and therefore pleasing and which uh, behavior is sinful and displeasing God. But it also reveals to us our depravity, our brokenness, our need for a Savior. And it points to that need toward, toward the Lord Jesus and putting faith in Him. 
To go a step further, I would say that the Spirit helps us have discernment and wisdom in our life. It helps us to have Christian ethics and morals. If we're following Jesus, he gives us guidance in making tough decisions. I mean, as we go through life, we know that sometimes decisions in life are not so easy to make. It's not so easy to figure out what is right and what is wrong and what is pleasing to the Lord. I kind of relate it to going into the grocery store, right? And when you go into the grocery store, and sometimes if you're like me, I go in there and I have all the intent to eat healthy things, right? (laughs) I go in there thinking I need fruits and vegetables, I need protein, and I need to stay away from all the things in the middle of the grocery store, right? I need to focus on the perimeter. But I go in there and what happens is there are these things that look really tasty, especially Super Bowl weekend, right? <laughs> Super Bowl weekend, you go in there and there are all the things that are bad for you in there and you, and you want to take them and grab them. But you know what's even harder is some things that advertise that they are healthy snacks When you take a close look at them and look at all the additives and the preservatives and all the other things that they have in them to make them healthy, tasty snacks, right? They're not so healthy for you. And so you have to go in there with discernment and wisdom. Otherwise, you buy that which does not benefit the body at all. It's the same way in our spiritual life. The enemy we know is a cunning, deceiving liar. And if we're not careful, we will fall for his lies. And it may not be uh, packaged as a lie. It might be packaged as something that is good. And so we need discernment. We need wisdom in our life. And this is where the Holy Spirit steps in to give us wisdom and discernment in making our decisions. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 6 through 10 says this. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were in darkness, but now you are the light in the Lord. Now walk as children of the light, for the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. Listen to this. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. You and I need help when it comes to discernment and wisdom. The Holy Spirit, when we lean into him, when we follow after him, He provides that in our life to know what is righteous and pleasing unto the Lord and how to honor him in all ways. Third thing, and I love this one. Third thing you can write down, what does the Holy Spirit add to our life? Course correction. (laughs) Anybody been going in life and trying to do what is right, trying to live and, and go forward, to be successful, to do all things right, and then you realize... That as you're going through life, you've been pursuing all the wrong things. That we've gotten off the path of pleasing and honoring the Lord, and we need a little bit of course correction in our life. Have you ever been driving in your car, and 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 you're going, and you're following the GPS, and then you miss your turn, and then it it says that that thing, rerouting, (laughs) trying to get you back to where you need to be. That's the role of the Holy Spirit in our life. Because I don't know about you, but there's been some times in my life where I get off course. (laughs) Anybody there with me? (laughs) You get off course, but the Spirit, the power of our Heavenly Father is giving us a gradual nudge to get us to move in the right direction. I shared a couple weeks ago that I just got back from Israel, and uh, one of the the things I got to do was to uh, play the role of a shepherd. And so we were out, and we had to move sheep from literally point A to point B. 
And uh, can I tell you how challenging it was? Because as the scriptures say, uh, sheep like to what? Wonder, right? And so I'm trying to herd these sheep. I'm trying to move them in the right, dire- right directions. And constantly I am fighting one sheep just going off this way when everybody else is trying to go this way. And so I have to get in close. I have to nudge. I have to push them in the right direction. And, and it's this constant battle from point A to point B. Aren't you, as you look in scripture, do you know what uh, God relates us to? Sheep. Yeah. So like sheep, we are prone to wonder and we need our heavenly father to give us a little course correction in our life. And the good news is, as we follow Christ and the Holy Spirit indwells within us, sometimes the Holy Spirit might get a hold of our hearts sometimes and say, hey, you're going the wrong way. <laughs> Let me give you a little bit of course correction. And he does that in love. And how does Jesus, how does the Holy Spirit give us course correction in our life? It reveals the truth to us. Notice that he says there in the scripture, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. In other words, he is nudging, he is course correcting our lives to pursue the fullness of of the truth in the words of God so that we might follow after all that the Lord has commanded to us. That's what he's doing in our life. Fourth thing that you can write down this morning, not only does he give us divine help, righteous discernment, course correction, but he also gives us greater spiritual understanding. Greater spiritual understanding. The Holy Spirit gives us greater spiritual understanding. Says this, but whatever he hears, speaking of the Holy Spirit, he will declare to you things that are to come. And even going back to verse 12, he says, I have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you again into all truth. And so we see that the Holy Spirit, a part of the role that he plays in our life, is to give us greater spiritual understanding. The things of God, the ways of God, the thinking of God is not in the same ways of ours, right? We know that God's ways, his way of thinking is so much greater than ours. And so he gives us the Holy Spirit to help us to understand the deeper things of our Father in heaven. The Spirit of God resides in us to reveal, to share, to give instruction on things that are beyond our ability to comprehend or know in and of ourselves. The Spirit will make known things to come, things that are, and enlighten us to see things with a greater sense of perspective. Have you spent time in God's Word before and you're reading God's Word and all of a sudden you have an aha moment, right? You're reading the Word of God and it becomes life and God's revealing something to you. That's the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, making things known to you. Have you ever been praying before and uh, you just come to the Lord and you're like, Lord, I don't even know what to pray for today. I don't know who I should pray for, and I don't know how I should pray for him. And all of a sudden, the Lord begins to nudge your spirit. (laughs) Here's who you need to pray for, and here's how you should pray for them. That's not us. That's the work of the Holy Spirit in us. Have you ever been in a conversation, and maybe it was a conversation that led you to have an opportunity to share your faith or to share the gospel? And then you start to have that inner dialogue, and you say, well, Lord, I don't know what to say. And all of a sudden, in that moment, in that Uh, prayer, and you say, Lord, guide and direct my my words, what happens? The Lord interjects in the midst of that, and he gives us the words to say, and he helps us to know what to do and how how to share that good news. Uh, Romans 8.27 says it like this, 
In the same way, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows that the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Here it is. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. It helps us to understand how we are to live, how we are to pray, how are we to speak to one another, how we are to love one another, how to encourage one another. These are things that you and I struggle with every day, but through the power of the Holy Spirit that resides within us, we can do these things, not in weakness, but in His strength through us. The Spirit gives us help in our time of weakness. All we must do is to be available for His working, for His leading in our life. Fifth thing that you can write down, and this is the one that jumped out at me. <laughs> the other thing that the Spirit adds to our life is the power of the resurrection. The power of the resurrection in us. Listen to this. Last part of the, the, our passage says, For he will take what is mine and declare it to you. This is verse 14. Pay attention. Verse 15, right afterwards. And all that the Father has is mine. Therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. You know, sometimes in life when something is really, really important, what we often do is we repeat ourselves, right? To make sure that everybody's heard it, to make sure everybody heard the instructions or what we had to say clearly and accurately. In Scripture, the same principles happen. I talked about just a few weeks ago as we were going through it, Pastor, Walt, or Pastor Ron gave us, as we were going through chronologically the scriptures, a message on the Holy Spirit, right? Because the Holy Spirit was important. Here we are in chapter 16, he's talking about the Holy Spirit again. It's important. Can I tell you when he repeats himself in just two sentences, right back to back to each other, it must be really important. Listen to what it says. I'm going to take what is mine and I'm going to declare it to you. Twice he says that. That means that when we're talking about Jesus said to us the same power, the same blessings, the same encouragement, the same strength that he had, he will declare to us. Did you guys hear that? Everybody awake in there? He will declare it to us. How incredible to know that we've been given the power that Jesus had, the same power that performed miracles, the same power that declared the truth and boldness, the same power that overcame the grave now lives within us. The power of God our Father lives in within us. And not only did he, he give it to us, not only did he give us the power, he gave us the ability to be called sons and daughters of the high king. He gave it to us. He declared it. This is really meaningful to me when I think about myself. I think about all my failures, all my struggles, my brokenness. And yet the spirit of the living God dwells within you and me. I, I, I once had a neighbor... Uh, a few years back, who had an old, beat-up station wagon. It was the one that had the wood paneling on the sides. You know what I'm talking about? 
and it had the seat in the very back that faced the opposite way of all the other seats. So if you were riding in the back seat, you had to make eye contact with the cars behind you, right? You guys know the station wagon I'm talking about? He had this old, beat-up, rusty station wagon. And I would see this station wagon cruising around our neighborhood, and I first saw it, and I said, why does he have that beat-up old station wagon? And he had all these other nice cars. And, and one day I, I saw him driving or heard him driving down our neighborhood. And see, what on the outside looked like a bro broken-down, beat-up station wagon, on the inside he had the most souped-up, in-tune, timed engine under the hood of that station wagon. That engine was so big that as he drove by my house, it would rattle the windows of my house. And he used to take that old beat-up station wagon to the racetrack, and he would race any car that came. And when I talked to him, he said that he would beat all the fastest cars on the track. But on the outside, it was just a beat-up old station wagon. But on the inside, it was a perfectly tuned and timed racing machine. In many ways, I think that that resembles many of us. Many of us have brokenness, we have sinfulness, we have past mistakes, hurts, and hang-ups that we carry with us. But if we're a believer in the Lord Jesus, the power that overcame the grave resides in you and me. I love what Romans says. Romans says this in Romans 6, chapter 10, or chapter 6, verse 10, it says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead. You ready for this? You guys awake? The Spirit of the God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. You and I have life and life to the fullest, abundant life, eternal life because of the spirit that resides in you and me. Sometimes I think we need to be reminded of the spirit that we have within us. The Bible says that God did not give us a spirit of fear of timidity, but a spirit of power. I don't know what challenges you're facing, what circumstances you have before you, what things you're praying for right now. But can I tell you that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead on the third day resides in you and me. And this morning, I pray that it's a reminder for each and every one of us who are following Christ to lean into that power. To know that whatever obstacles we have, whatever challenges we're facing, that we serve a powerful and almighty God who resides in us. This morning, if you're not walking with the Lord Jesus, if you haven't accepted him as your Lord and Savior, he said right there in Romans that we can experience the fullness of abundant and eternal life in the power of Jesus. So this morning, I pray that if today you have not started that relationship with Jesus, I pray this morning that he's, he is inviting you, as he is longing to be in relationship with you, that you would take that next step of faith and put your trust in him. And this morning, if you're a follower of Christ, 
it's time for us to begin to lean in to the spirit of the living God that resides within us and to proclaim with boldness and in faith the gospel which he has given us to carry to the ends of the earth. Let's pray this morning. Lord, we love you so much, God, and we want to give you all glory and all honor this morning. God, how grateful we are that you have given us your spirit and that wherever we go, that we can have divine help. Whatever we're facing, God, you are near to us. Lord, in fact, it says in your scriptures that you are near to the brokenhearted. And so, Father, for some of us in here, that, that is us. We're struggling, that we're going through difficult times. And, Lord, I pray that as we have a time of invitation, maybe it's a time where we reach out for your help. Maybe it's a time that, uh, for us that we need to put our faith and trust in you. And maybe this morning would be that opportunity for us. That I pray that those who are feeling that way, Lord, wouldn't leave this place without talking to myself or a decision counselor or someone else in this room. But however you're leading us to take a next step of faith, Lord, I pray that we would take a step in obedience. Father, we love you. And we want to give you all glory and all honor. It's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Let's stand. Let's worship. You come this morning as God leads. You come.
I surrender some? What would it be like to sing that in light of what we just heard? God wants it all. He gave his all. He wants all of us to bring honor and glory to him because then it's all his work. It's all him. Let's pray. Father, we would ask that you would take the words that we've heard, the words that we've sung, the direction your spirit has given us this morning, that you would take these things and do the work in us this week that would continue to conform us to the image of your son, to bring about the perfection that your word talks about, that promise that you will perfect us until the day of Christ, when we will then forever be in your presence. May Christ dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Amen.